0: Hello everyone, my name is Rick Hawkins. I'm the pastor of Quest Church. I wanna thank all of you for joining us today. You're about to hear a word that is informative, insightful, and inspirational. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can go to questchurch.com. Enjoy the message. your neighbor and tell him we have to look at your other neighbor and tell him we have to tell them it's our responsibility tell your neighbors what we do tell your neighbor as a believer praise is what we do tell them again as a believer as a person of God do y'all like talking to each other ask your neighbor are you a believer Ask them this, say, are you a people of God? I know how I said it. Ask him again. Say, are you a people of God? And tell them this, then say, one of the things that we have to do is we have to give God praise. Tell them again, one of the things that we have to do, tell them because the Bible says so, is we have to give God praise. Okay, tell your neighbor this. Say, let me tell you like this. If we don't give God praise, then we have to question whether or not we really are the people of God. Because the Bible says that God's people give him praise. That means if I'm God's person, excuse me. Just tell your neighbor, excuse me. Just tell him I have to do something right now and i'm gonna ask you to just give him 10 i don't mean no faith kind of i mean if god is really I don't mean no, I gotta give them some kind of something that might make somebody else think I, I'm asking you if the Lord has really done anything can you just close your eyes forget about what you look like forget about what you sound like and say God you've been too good to me to keep it to myself and you've been too good to me for me to worry about what somebody else next to me might think about my brain. Oh, now this place is waking up. Now it feels like, y'all excuse me, Quester, but it feels like place for life now. So now I feel at home, so thank you. If you don't know me, I'm your bishop's son. Which means I feel um, at liberty to cut up a little bit in here. Even though dad did say. He said, now, this is not place for life. He said, you're not just going to say boo and everyone's going to just jump and do a backflip like they do at place for life. Now, he wasn't talking bad about y'all. He was just talking about cultural differences. Because dad knows. Mr. Watts, good morning, sir the difference in cultures but dad also knows this boy right here that he raised and he knows that I can't have church without giving God a decent praise and so I almost felt like he told me that almost to lay out a cha- are you going to sit there and be still or are you going to still give God praise and I just thought Sitting right here on this front row, Lord, you've been too good to me. I don't care what kind of church culture I'm in. I've got to open up my mouth and I've got to let the fruit of my lips come out. Lord, I've got to tell you that you're good. I don't care if there's black people, white people, Mexican people, Chinese people. I don't care if there's dogs, cats, rock, desert, rainforest. I don't care what it is. Lord, I've got to give you praise. I've got to give you praise. You have been too good to me. I understand that my praise can do something for me that a word cannot do for me that nothing else can do for me. My praise can open doors that nothing else can open. Father, I know I have got to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together one more time and I'm done. That's why we do all that. Amen. Go ahead and open your Bible. I know you've been standing for a long time. First of all, good morning. I love you. I hope y'all love me back. You'll see a lot of me over the years if you stick around here to the band and team. Y'all are awesome. I love you. Uh, And then, of course, I want to honor my father and his awesome wife in this place today. My dad is the greatest preacher on planet Earth. I mean, bar none. And he just shows it week after week after week. And now that I don't get to hear him as often, I mean, it's just profound every time I hear him, and it's a reminder that my dad is the greatest preacher on earth. And y'all are blessed; you are lucky. Look at your neighbor and tell him we're blessed. Amen. Another thing that we do is let's all stand to our feet, and I would like you to gather your Bible. Um, You know, we as preachers we get in certain veins, Chris, and we want to stay in that vein. Because we know that's where God has us. And so a dad asked me Tuesday what I was speaking. And I said, well, actually, I woke up Monday morning with Quest Church on my mind. And and I knew that would make him feel good. I thought it would. He said, well, what are you talking? So I kind of gave him my vein. So Friday he called me. He said you got your word I said well I told you on Monday he said well you know we got the conference coming up and I said yes sir and so he, he, he began to steer the ship in a different direction and I'm glad that he did first of all I'm very thankful that he did uh, because I knew that it was a God thing I knew this is the direction that God wanted to go Uh, But also the direction that he pointed me is like taking a bulldog and walking him into a meat market and just saying, go pick you out a steak. You know, you're just going to kind of be stuck. Like, which way do I turn right now? Uh, And so that was that was me with the direction that we were to head. But I believe that God has us right where he wants us. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God has us right where he wants us. Can I start right there? If I don't start there, then this word is going to be of ill effect or of none. We have to be convicted that the word is true. And in saying that, I have to say that I am convicted that the Apostle Paul was speaking truth when he wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12. And he said that God has placed each and every member of the body specifically as and where it pleases him now if we are convicted about that truly then we understand that we are exactly where God wants us to be right now in this place and time that should cause any kind of wavering that should cause any kind of wondering to exit your spirit If you believe the word. Because either you should know this is my house or this is not my house. Because if you have a walk with the Lord, it's not too hard to find out when you are somewhere that pleases him. And when you are not somewhere that pleases him. Can somebody say amen in this place? So if you're not convicted of what Paul wrote to the church at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 then this message is not going to really work on you as much as I'm hoping that it will work on you this morning. Can someone say amen? Look at your neighbor and give them the message title. Look at your neighbor and tell them these words, come on in the house. Tell them again, come on in the house. Now, I'm not going to lie, this word is, is, has a lot of purpose behind it. Uh, and the purpose of this word is to get you ever more locked in this house than you already are. The, the purpose of this message is to get you so convicted that I cannot miss a Sunday or Wednesday. I can't miss nothing at Quest Church if that's my house. I've got to be there. I'm just going to be very forthright and tell you that's why I'm preaching this message. I'm preaching this message so that you will, at the end of the day, say, God, not only do I want to be in that house, but Lord, have your way in my life. I want your will to be done in my... As a matter of fact, can you just say that? Can you say, Lord, have your way in my life? Just say, Lord, let your will be done in my life. Now look at your neighbor again and tell him, come on in this house. On in this house. Amen. 1050, we won't be here very long. The book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, in chapter number two, everyone's standing. And I'll just read a quick passage of scripture from Isaiah chapter number two. Isaiah chapter number two, and I'll begin reading in verse number two. Isaiah says, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Will you look at your neighbor again and tell them, come on in the house. Come ye and let us go to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Will you set down your Bible and just join hands across this building? Father, we thank you for the reading of your word today. And Father, as we join hands across this building, Father, I thank you that your word tells us that you are right there in the midst of us when we do and so Lord I thank you that you are in this place in a tangible way in a powerful way we ask you to have your way in this place today Father I thank you for bringing me to Norman to deliver this word to these your people have your way with me and through me today in the name of Jesus and everyone said amen and amen let's put our hands together one more time amen amen now look at your neighbor like you a real okie and tell him come on in the house Tell them like you got some buttermilk biscuits and a fresh pot of coffee sitting on the stove. Look at your neighbor and tell him, come on in the house. Tell him it's comfortable in here right now. Tell him, make yourself at home. Come on, tell your neighbor, make yourself at home. Tell him, come on in the house and make yourself at home. I'm going to get y'all talking to each other in here this morning. Go ahead, tell him, come on in the house and make yourself at home. There you go. Now y'all lively, lively. Amen. I won't eat crawfish, Chris, unless they look lively. If they look like they're about to die, I ain't going to boil them and eat them, you know. We ain't having church unless we lively in here. Amen. Look at your neighbor again and tell him, come on in the house. It's, it's comfortable in here. Amen. Amen. Um, the 133rd Psalm reads as such. How good and how pleasant it is. When God's people live together in unity, it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, running down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore, even there, the lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore how many of you in here today desire the blessing of god on your life how many of you want to be blessed if you do not want to be blessed i will take your blessing for you i want mine and yours too if you want to be blessed will you just shout lord bless me just shout it again lord bless me We all want the blessing of God. None of us want to be robbed of the blessing of God. It's a natural inclination that we have. God created us and then he blessed us. It's almost as if it happened simultaneously. So for us as his creation to live without his blessing is to feel as if we are living without something that is essential to our walk here on this earth. I read this particular verse of scripture because it is all-encompassing concerning some of what I hope is transposed and conveyed to you today in this place. The matter at hand today in this house, our bishop pointed us, daddy pointed us in this direction, is the matter of the house, the matter of the house of the Lord. Will you look at your neighbor again and tell them, come on in this house? Tell them with some country slang again. Come on in the house. See, this passage of scripture here, the 133rd Psalm, by definition is an artistic expression. And I say that because David, the writer, even wrote that this is a song, the song of ascents, uh, ascents, A S C E N T S. And many of you know that there's a set of a songs of ascents in the book of Psalms that the people of God, when they would sojourn to the temple of the Lord or to Jerusalem, on the way there, as groups, as family, as tribes, as the people of God, they would sing these particular songs because these songs embodied the expressions that were to be felt and experienced on the way to the house of the Lord. How many of you in this place today can accept that God wants to be more than understood? I'm going to ask you again, how many of you can accept that God wants to be more than understood? God is something that transcends our understanding. Scripture is very clear about this with us. And so God is something that also wants to be felt. God is someone, I should say, that wants to be felt. And God is someone that wants to be experienced. And so this song here is an artistic expression. And What the writer is expressing is really what I'm trying to express in this place today. That there is something that is ever intended by God, if you will, that is so potent and so powerful when we allow it to be. I'm going to say it again. It is so potent and so powerful when we allow it to be. The writer in the 133rd Psalm talks about this bestowed blessing. Something that is almost reserved for this passage of Scripture. Something we wouldn't see if things didn't come together the way they did in the 133rd Psalm, if you will. Are you with me? So he speaks of blessing where? He talks about a blessing being there. And where is there? Where is when? And there is when. It's much more than a geographical location, Brother Gino. Oh, and so where uh, 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 is, is really an all-encompassing scene. Can I say it like that? And so he's saying that I'm expressing this scene that I can sense in my spirit. And the scene is the brothers and the sisters of God dwelling together in unity. And I can feel that there is an anointing. What is the anointing? The anointing is the element that breaks yokes. The anointing is the element that changes lives. The anointing is the thing that touches you, that does that thing that no psychology, no doctor, no science, no medicine can do for you. And so the writer says there's an anointing in that place. And it's a blessing. It's a bestowed blessing. It's an ever-intended blessing. It's a blessing that is ready to avail itself at any given moment in time. Are you with me today? Or am I too deep for you? Did the Sooners put a whooping on whoever they played too bad yesterday? Y'all stay up too late partying last night. I see how it is in football season around here. Lord, bless these Sooners in Jesus' name. I'll be back to mourn you when my tigers put a whooping on them in the national title game. That's another story for another place in time. (laughs) Look, now they lively. (laughs) Now y'all jumping in here. So who are God's people? What does this look like? Well, the Apostle Paul speaks of a people in the book of Ephesians in chapter number two. And he says, we are God's handiwork. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. How many of you know that you were created to do something? <laughs> Can I just stop and just insert that? You were created to do, look at your neighbor and tell them you were created to do something. Tell them you were not created to do nothing. Tell them do something. Doing something is better than doing nothing because you were created. To do something. Well, how am I ever going to find the something that I was going to create created to do? Well, first you got to start doing something. That's another message. I had to just stop right there. Just do something. You were created to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. And you'll see that wasn't as much of a rabbit trail as you might think. But you were created to do something. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded in the, from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise. So you used to be a foreigner concerning Psalm 133 is what he's saying technically. Without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Skip down to verse 17 and he says he came and preached peace. You who were far away, and peace to those of you who were near to both of you, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit, and consequently, or because of this, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Look at your neighbor and tell him, This is no more. Tell him again, This is no more. But now you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. I want you to note that word if you have your scripture in front of you and if you're following me circle that word or highlight it everyone say household Household. shout it at me "household." household if you don't have your bible open then write that word down it will be an important one over the next month for you built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with christ jesus himself as the chief cornerstone listen to him in him the whole building is joined together And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord are you with me and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit so we see a simultaneous operation going on here we see God working on two things at one time we see that God is saying that I'm raising up the body together and at the very same time I'm working on you and bringing you together Not that I'm bringing you and you together. I already clarified that. But as you and you and you and you and you and you are coming together, I am bringing you all by yourself together. Because ain't nobody gonna sit in this place today and act like you got it all together while you in this house. Not a one of us have it all together. But we need God to work on us to help us get it together. And the only way that He can help us get it together is to get involved with the thing that He is getting together. I cannot exit the thing that He is getting together and expect that my life is gonna be got together at the same time. I have got to insert myself into His work in order for god's purpose to prevail in my life is that too deep for y'all in this place today did everyone stay with what i was saying he's saying he works on the body he brings it together and at the very same time he works on you and he brings you together so here's a statement i'll just throw at you brother tw is that I am a a part of God's people. We already clarified that. And I have a family. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I have a family. Look at your neighbor and tell them, What up, fam? (laughs) Tell them again, What up, fam? All right. (laughs) Tell them, We have a house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I understand that when I dwell, And you don't have to say this together in unity. Let me say it like this. When the scene is right, right. that blessing overtakes us. Have I lost anyone in this place? Is everyone with me? If I've lost you, just shout, you've lost me. Okay, I haven't lost anyone. Good, awesome. According to the Apostle Paul, here in the book of Ephesians, I am a part of his household. Ha! Huh. How many of you have ever read Romeo and Juliet? If you don't wave, that tells me you didn't go to school at all, so I just wave anyway. <laughs> and there's the Montagues, is that right? And, and is it the Capulets or the Capulets? How, how is it? The Capulets? Capulets? Y'all lying, it's the Capulets. See how they teach y'all up here in Oklahoma? I'm going to have to talk, <laughs> I'm messing with <laughs> you. And the premise of the story is that the household of the Montagues are at odds with the household of the Capulets. And because the household of the Capulets is different than the household of the Montagues, then, oh, Romeo, from, is he a Capulet or a Montague? I think Romeo's a Capulet. He, 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 he's not welcome to marry Juliet, who, who I think's a Montague, because they are from different, say it for me, households. Not, not just families, but they are from different, let's say it again, households. Because a household is more than a family. And a household is more than a, a place or a house. A household is a scene. Oh, can I talk to somebody in this place? It is uh, a place, yes. But it is a people, yes. And it has its protocol, Yes. And it has its opponents. Yes, can somebody help me in this place today? Look at your neighbor and tell them I'm part of a household. Okay, so here's one of the principles uh, that I just want to throw at you real quick and we'll discuss it. That, that, that we, I hope if you don't grasp anything else, grasp this. That I grow in the house as I go with the house. Okay, I grow in the house. As I go with the house. Are you with me? Can I help you in here? Let let, let me just preach it as if I was preaching it to me. Because I don't want this to hit nobody too hard. Okay. I'm going to preach to me, Pastor Dustin. I cannot prohibit the go of the house. I can't stop it. I cannot stop the go of the house. The only thing that I can do is prohibit my growth within the house. Uh, How do I prohibit growth if I'm in the house? Because I can be a part of the household and still change a scene in my life. Oh, let me help you. When you begin to change the scenes that God has ordained for you to be in, then suddenly the blessing that you have lived in begins to evaporate from your life. And you wonder, God, what's going on? I'm still in church. I'm still attending. Oh, but are you all the way there? Are you all? Because if you change one little scene, change the people, change the protocol, change the place, Based on unmerited or on God or intended reasons, then the blessing begins to leave. Now, the interesting thing about that is that does not mean that you have become incapable. Right. Oh, this blew my mind when I was thinking about it at some point in my life. I thought about this a long time ago, but it blew my mind when I considered that if you look at Genesis chapter number 2 really god takes adam the first man that he creates and he puts adam in a greenhouse and he puts adam in a greenhouse for his presence how oh, are you with me right now and adam tampered with one of the parts of the scene he tampered with the protocol so, what did God do? God says, You ain't welcome in this house anymore. What house? The greenhouse. The house where you ain't got to work for nothing. The house where there's bestowed blessing, all you got to do is just sit there and be in unity and say, yes, Lord, have your way. Yes, Lord, I'm good with that. Yes, Lord, I'll keep my place. Yes, Lord, I'll stay planted. Yes, Lord, I'll keep rooted. Yes, Lord, have your way in my life. Have your way in this family. When you break protocol then suddenly you can produce, but you've got to work to produce. You see, the Lord kicked them out of his presence. Mm. So he didn't change the scene completely. He just took a major piece of the scene out of the picture. Are y'all with me in this place today? And then he looks at his creation. It's 1111. I bet y'all would love me. If we were like out of this service by 1120, right? I know y'all would, I know you would. Y'all lying too. Y'all like, man, he let us get home and get comfortable before the game day. Y'all are lying. Y'all would love to be out by 1120. I know, because I would love to as well. Is this word all right with y'all? Are you, are you learning anything? So, 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 uh, uh, where was I? Somebody help me. I was, in, I was in Genesis, right? Help me, Chris. Come on, you were with me. I was in Genesis chapter, chapter number three. Is, is that right? And Yeah, but but in chapter 3 is where he he gets kicked out for breaking the protocol. And and he gets kicked out for breaking protocol. And so God changes one element of the scene. And then God looks at the earth. And God decides that I I can't leave my presence from the earth. I can't do that. I can't avoid my creation. Because what I created was made to abide with me. So what I might have to do is establish a new household. Yeah, right. mm. And how am I going to establish a new household? Well, I'm going to have to find somebody that's got the characteristics, that's made up of the texture in the fabric. How do I know that he is? I made him that way. <laughs> Who are you talking about, Pastor Dust? I'm talking about Abraham. <laughs> and the Lord God called Abraham and he said, Abraham, I- I- I'm going to make you a people unto myself. I'm going to create a household out of you. I'm going to create a scene out of your scene and that scene is going to change scenes over time it ain't always going to look the same the scene, the rooms ain't always going to look the same as we walk over decades and centuries and millenniums the scene is going to change some but the fact that it has not changed is Abraham you are the one that I called to take your seed and create a household out of your seed that my presence can abide in that way I can get my blessing to my creation and and my people let me ask you one more time is there anybody in this place that says i want to live in the blessing of the lord the blessing of the lord you can gain quite a few ways but there is no easier way to walk in the blessing of the lord than to make a decision that i'm going to get hooked up with the household of god because that is where god has chosen to place his presence and that is where god's blessing resides and is bestowed Can somebody say amen? Amen. There, I got all that out. Thank you. (laughs) Did all that make sense to you? The presence is the place of his household. The place is the place of his household. The people are the place of his household. Oh, is somebody in here today? The protocol Is a part of the household. Can someone say amen in this place? So now. Should I close? Or should I keep going? There is this story. That I love. That we all love. In Luke chapter number 15. And. In this story, Jesus is talking to some publicans and some sinners. I didn't say republicans. (laughs) I said publicans. Yeah, I saw a few (laughs) republicans started shouting in this place. That's right, that's right, Pastor D. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, you know, They got upset with the scene. Everyone say the scene. They they didn't like this scene. And so Jesus began to walk his way through some scenes to compare those scenes to this scene. And he gets all the way to verse number, uh, let's see here. When he gets to verse number uh, 10, Verse number 11, excuse me, of Luke chapter 15. He talks about a man that had two sons. Excuse me, this ain't my Bible. I don't have this one all chalked up. And y'all know the story. The son, one of them came and he said, Lord, give me my portion of uh, the household. Mm -hmm. And the father said, okay. And the father said, okay, because I think the father was understanding that the son was about to learn something that he didn't understand yet. And that is, you might think that you can take the household out of the household and everything remain the same for you. But you're going to find out it don't work like that. Because if you tamper with any part of the scene of the household, then things are quickly going to change for you. And so when he left the household, the scripture says that uh, let's see here. Not many days after the younger son gathered together, he, he took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And then he went and he joined himself as a citizen to another household. Uh, <laughs> here's why because as human beings, we are going to join ourselves to something, whether we realize we're joining ourselves to it or not. So if you read this correctly, we think that he ran out on riotous living. And then, he, after he ran out, he decided, I'm going to join myself to another household. No, 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 it's not like that. What happened is, he joined himself to another household because he changed the protocol of his life. And by changing the protocol of his life, he was changing his citizenship at the same time. Are y'all with me in this place today? Oh, y'all with me in this place today? And so... <clears throat> the scripture says that after he had done this, that uh, 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 one of the citizens sent him into, uh, uh, sent him out into the fields to feed the swine. And, and Lord, if I, I couldn't think of Adam and Eve just working them fields, knowing that that greenhouse was right next to them, Chris, that they had got kicked out of. And he's out there in the field and he would... Uh, He would fain to have his belly filled with the husks that the pigs were eating, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. Oh, Lord, help me in this place. He says, I will arise, and I will go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Y'all know this story. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant. He runs to his father's house. And we know that the father sees him from afar off. And he does exactly what he thought he would do. He begins to say, Father, I have sinned. And if you'll just make me one of your servants. But before he could do it, y'all know the story. The father calls him in the house. In the house. And the father looks at the servants of the house. And he says, go kill the fatted calf and throw a party. I don't know about y'all, but that looks like... Blessing to me. I don't know about y'all. That doesn't look like the fruit of work. That doesn't look like the fruit of labor. That looks like unmerited blessing and favor, in my opinion. He says, so let's 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 start with a party. And they begin to celebrate what the Bible says: that there was this other brother. And the other brother is out in the field. Wait, hold up. Here just a minute. What? He's where? He's out in the field. And he hears the blessing in the house. And the Bible says that he's angry. And the father comes out and he says, why aren't you inside celebrating with the rest of us? Your brother who was lost, who is now found, he was dead and he's alive again. We're celebrating. The son says, all this time, Listen to the vocabulary. I have been over here. Listen, listen here. Slaving for you. Mm, 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 mm. All this time I've been over here. Slaving for you. And I ain't getting none of this blessing. I have not partaken in any of the blessing. All I've gotten is the fruit of my labor. I ain't had no blessing. The father responds. Son, don't you understand that all you had to do at any time it's just come on in the house because anything i have is yours in other words if you ever wanted a fatted calf all you had to do was go get the fatted calf yourself you didn't even have to ask me for it you could have just gone and lived in the and so many of us sit outside of the house because we won't go with the house we are too upset that father is so forgiving look at get some of the reasons he could have been out in that you know why sons don't go in the house because they can't get with the protocol they can't get with it daddy's too nice we see him outside the house because he does not agree with the protocol of the house and if he would just come into agreement with the protocol of the house then he could live in the blessing of the house oh y'all with me in this place look at your neighbor and tell him come on in the house Brother Gino, you can begin to play, and uh, I'll wrap up with this. Can we all stand to our feet? Have you received anything in this place today? Amen. I think I've given you enough word. I'm tired, sweating, shirts coming out, pants crooked, looking all undone. My hair probably fell down, too. Do I look a, do I look a good, hot mess right now? Good. Tell, tell Bishop he preached himself into a hot mess. He just looked a mess when he left. He just looked horribly messy. Um, First of all, let me ask you this. Is this word resonating with anyone in this house? Are you receiving this word? Amen. Is this word causing anyone to say, you know, I want to get locked all the way in right there. I just want to get all the way locked in. I just want to get all the way locked in. You see, this house is the place of his presence. You know, God will never allow his presence to dwell in a place where his body will not come together unity. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's a a principle. I hear people say, well, you know, I can get that same presence in my house. And I always laugh when I hear people say that because I think, no, actually that's not true. You just can't. You can't even prove that scripturally. You You can't get the same presence and same anointing in your own personal house that you can get in the church house. That is a fact. That is proof. Can somebody say that is That is truth. That is just the truth. There's a special presence in God's house. Can someone say amen? amen. So I think that that's why, Jamie, the, the writer of Hebrews, and you keep singing because it's a beautiful song, and girl, you can sing. I mean, you are just a singing, singing woman, Jamie. But, uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, it's one of the reasons we have access. In Hebrews chapter number 10, he's writing about access. We can access all of these blessings, all of this favor. He said, and so that's why, this with the writer of Hebrews, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 10, I think, right when he gets to verse 25, he starts talking about access in 23. And then when he gets to 25, he says, this is why we cannot forsake the assembling or the gathering of ourselves together. He says, especially as we see that day approaching. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't forsake the gathering. Tell him, don't forsake the gathering. Tell him, we won't forsake this house. Tell him, I won't forsake this house. Tell him, I won't forsake you. Tell him I won't forsake you. And this is what he says as as encouraging one another into good works. This this is what he's he's writing us. And I hear people say this, Brother JC. They say, well, I can encourage. I run into believers in the bank. I run into believers at my workplace. I can encourage them there. I can encourage them at breakfast and lunch. Yes, you can encourage them at breakfast or lunch. But the writer says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together to encourage because it's a different kind of encouragement to know that you might have been going through something in life and you finally got over it and it might have taken you 8 months or 12 months or whatever and then I run into you at work and then I run into you at a restaurant and then you call me on the phone and say hey brother I want to encourage you Hey, sister, I want to encourage you because I'm feeling encouraged. That's one type of encouragement. But it's a whole different kind of encouragement when you really ain't got to say anything. And you know that that person is living life just like I'm having to live life. But no matter what may come and no matter what is going on in their life, I know one thing. If I walk up in Quest Church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, I'm going to see Brother JC, I'm going to see Brother Chris, I'm going to see Sister Jamie, I'm going to see Brother TW, and that in itself encourages me because I know that that person is not let the devil whoop on them, and they are bringing their praise, they are bringing their petition, they are bringing their tithe, they are bringing their offering, they are bringing themselves as a sacrifice in this house week after week after week, and that in encourages me and I don't want to forsake the gathering because I don't want to discourage them. I want them to know that I can hang in there too. Can somebody say this is my house and I'm going to stay in this house? Amen. house is different, right? Look at your neighbor and tell him this is where the presence is. Tell him this is where the presence is. One of my favorite stories. Tell me your name again. I know we've met. Felicia. Good to meet you again, Felicia. I'm Dustin. I hope you enjoyed the word today. Are you going to come back here next week? So I didn't lose all of you then. Good. All right. All right. I won't be too disappointed. Second Samuel chapter number six, one of the most powerful stories in all of Scripture transpired. David is bringing the presence of the Lord back. Y'all know the story. Uzzah reaches up. The Ark of the Lord's fallen. God gets mad because somebody touched it. Struck Uzzah dead. David gets angry at the Lord. How in the world are you going to kill Uzzah? He's trying to, you know, it's just, it's just a mess. And David was scared. He was full of fear. Y'all going to love this. You're going to love this. So David says, I'm, I'm going to have to leave the ark here. I'm not taking it with me because God's killing people right now. <laughs> so he decides to leave that, that ark or the presence in the house of a man named Obed-Edom. Are you with me? And the Bible says he left the presence, the ark there, T.W., for three months and that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire, household. say it with me, household for three months. Uh uh You know what the word Obed-Edom means? It means worker. Obed-Edom was not not an Israelite. He was a Philistine. He lived in Gath, which was in Philistine. But this told me something. This told me that Obed-Edom let the presence of the Lord come in his house and take over. In other words, he let that be God's house. And because he allowed the presence to be the main thing, are you with me? The main thing, God blessed his entire household. When the presence was not the main thing in the camp of the Philistines, every time they'd try to set up Dagon next to it, the Lord would get I me. Mean, there was no blessing. The Lord was breaking. There were curses breaking out amongst the Philistines because they kept putting Dagon next to the ark. I'm convinced. That if the Philistines would have gone in there, taken that statue, kicked it to the curb, set the Ark of the Lord right there in that house, that God would have probably blessed the whole Philistine camp as well. Because all God is looking for you to do is say, Lord, your house is number one. Your presence is number one. When we align our lives, when the scene gets right, then the blessing of God has to come to you in your life. Let the scene get right in your life today. Look at your neighbor and tell him, come on in the house. Tell them again, come on in the house, every head bowed, every eye closed, because some of you, the scene is not all the way right. For some of you, the household ain't right. For some of you, you have the place down, but the heart of the matter isn't right. For some of you, you know the place to go, but you won't go with that place. For some of us in here, we did not even realize when we walked in here today how important a place is to the scene of our life. Some of us did not realize how important the presence of God is to the scene of our life. Some of us did not realize that it's so important to follow and get every part of that scene correct if we want to live in the the bestowed eternal blessing of God. And so, Father, I thank you for speaking in this place today. I thank you for communicating with us and showing us the importance of being a part of your house. And so, Father, at this moment in time, Those of us that already say we understand what it is to be a part of the household, Lord, we just simply say yes once again and we rededicate ourselves. Father, to your will, to your family, to your household, to the place that you have intentionally placed us as it pleases you. Father, for those of us that are in here that have wrestled with the idea that where you have put us pleases you because it doesn't seem to please us as much as we thought that it might Lord help us to adjust to what pleases you father help us to adjust our will to your will and not pray that you adjust your will to ours father I pray that as we begin to do these things that you adjust us to one another I pray the prayer that Jesus prayed Lord make us one father as you and him are one make us one I pray that as you make us one and as we begin to dwell as we begin to consistently do life together as we begin to consistently attend church together, as we begin to consistently encourage one another, as we begin to mourn when others mourn, rejoice when others rejoice, as we begin to go with this house and dwell together in unity. Father, as we do that as Quest Church, I pray that you release an anointing that this house has never experienced. Father, I pray that curses are broken like this house has never seen. Father, I thank you that generational cycles that people did not even understand had them bound up and in patterns in their life that were prohibiting your blessing. Father, I pray that an anointing hit this house so hard in the month of July that every yoke is shattered, every bit of bondage is shattered, every curse is broken, and every cycle is broken. Father, I thank you for that anointing coming over this house. Father, the anointing that promotes, the anointing that favors, And Father, lastly, I thank you for the blessing that is coming on this house. There is a bestowed blessing that is reserved when we make a decision to do that as a people and father I thank you for that blessing coming to this house and that blessing coming to every house that is connected to this house father we want that blessing we ask you for that blessing we ask you to have your way in our life because we know when you have your way in our life your blessing comes along with it father this is our house we will follow the protocol this is our place we are the people we desire your presence and father we thank you for what you are doing at Quest Church in the name of Jesus. Can somebody give God a great big shout of praise yeah, uh, praise like this is your house. house. Uh, let a river flow through this house. I'm out of here Quest Church. I love y'all. Go Saints. Get locked in. Let's give God one more great big praise in this place.